I've, I always say, you know, I was very lucky to where I have two other gay cousins. Um, I have one who's 12 years older than me. Thank God for the gay cousins. I have, right, right. <laughs> and I have one who's two years younger than me. And it's so funny because I live in LA. My older cousin, he lives in New York. And my younger cousin lives in Atlanta. So we the all- three places. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Got it all covered. <laughs> um, but, you know, so like my family, you know, my family, there was just always- gay people around in my family what's up everybody and welcome to the queerly black show i'm your host ashley and i'm so happy you came by the queerly black show aims to normalize the everyday existence of black lgbtqia plus individuals through an interview style series with regular folks like you and me so every week a new guest shares their story and unique perspective on their existence as an lgbtqia plus individual thank you for tuning in and make sure you subscribe download set your reminders to the podcast so you never miss an episode so enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Quirly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley. I'm here with a special guest today. We got Grim in the building, y'all. What's Quirly going on, you guys? Grim, go ahead, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Hi, my name is Grim. I am originally from Prince George's County by way of New York PG. Wale. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> I went to Howard. <laughs> oh, come on, Howard. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. always around Howard. So, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I was in New York for about, uh, right out of high school, went to New York for about like 10 years, trained at the, got a full scholarship at the Alvin Ailey School, uh, decided to go into more commercial stuff. I have um, had the likes of dancing with, you know, Kendrick Lamar, The Weeknd, Lil' Kim, um, to name a few, I guess. That's incredible, man. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, I've been very blessed, been very blessed. Yeah, that's awesome. You're a classically trained dancer. That's, oh, that's incredible. Yes, Alvin Ailey's been around for a long, forever. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I'm very thankful of the fact that I started my training, you know, my prof- my sh- professional training at that a school like that it just it instills a sense of not only black pride but um a work ethic within you know you as a person and more importantly as a black man and even more importantly as a black gay man absolutely absolutely we definitely gonna get into that but before we do i always start at the beginning what was your first encounter with your sexuality first encounter wow well you know you're like (laughs) When he was like, hey, man, I'm, I might like the fellas, man. Um, you know what was so funny? Um, I feel like there was some part of me that I always knew. Um, I felt like Tommy from the Green Ranger always gave me a more than usual feeling that he gave me <laughs> to play other boys. <laughs> um, I, I think I always knew. I would honestly say the first time that I actually felt like, oh, I actually might like be into or might be attracted to this person i'd probably say fifth grade mm-hmm. um it was this guy it was i can't i'm not going to say his name but we used to walk to school together and i remember was, he was just very cute and i was just always like he is so handsome and like we would just talk and he would just be all like bro bro with me and i'm like oh bro bro ah, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> what up It's your host, Ashley, and I'm interrupting this podcast to ask, are you following us? 
Have you downloaded the podcast? Are you subscribed to us on YouTube? If you're not already, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on all platforms, Queerly Black. I'm going to let y'all get back to the show. Peace. But yeah, I think that's what it was. Um, I think um, the first time I actually, I would say, acted on it was definitely I was 16. Yeah. yeah. And the high school years, boy. Yeah. Yeah, I looked, uh, I will honestly say I looked up because I went to a high school that was a normal high school. So I went to Suitland High School right outside of DC in Suitland, Maryland. And um, they were not a, they were also, they also had this name called Fruitland because of the high gay population in Suitland. And then also Suitland had an arts program, which I was a part of, the dance program. So I was able to come out and not be so much of an outcast or feel like so much of an outcast. I felt like it was a comfortable space because I saw so many, I saw so many groups of gay. I saw the professional gay. I saw the, you know, the flamboyant gay man. I saw, you know, even the older gay man with some of our teachers. Um, I was able to get a broad spectrum very early on on gay. It wasn't always like, oh, well, if you're gay, you just have to act like this. You have to be this way. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Because I know like um, in DC, you know, I went to Howard. So spending some time there, you know, it's a very much a working class. Like people are pretty professional. So, you know, um, gay and DMV is like very like kind of straight laced. You know, you yeah. can't tell one from the other kind of thing. But because you had the unique experience of being in the art program, you kind of saw like a diversity of the different types of people that exist, which mm-hmm. is not uh, the first thing you see when you are in uh, Chocolate City. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Um, I think that was a, that's a wonderful thing um, that I did have the privilege of experiencing in my formative years of figuring out what, this feeling was and then actually when I found out what the feeling was like how to go about it um because I had these things I mean because I had these things to look at and I could say well no that like that that type of person is not really how I could see I see myself but and this type of person really isn't but you know maybe this type of person is and I can kind of identify with that and this is how I can kind of grow as a as myself and really be confident in who I am. Yeah, and so just for like to break that down even further, you're I'm assuming referring to like the spectrum of masculinity because yes, without when a you're um, yeah when you're um but not you, even I think not even masculinity um I think also just you know how also just just how I view life and how I view life in from the eyes of a gay man. I think that's. Like, yes, masculinity is a part of it, but also just how people look at life, you know, and how people interpret life um, as, you know, being in a, you know, a minority based, well, double minority, actually, because being a black man and then also being a gay man. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I know. I totally identify with that. I mean, even uh, my wife and I talk about that all the time, like we're um we say we're pretty vanilla like if if we were straight we'd be just any other married couple 14 years together like house you know like Uh we'd be that (laughs) but because we're gay it it's the making the connection or identifying with um people 
that experience, like we we understand that we say we like we're we're vanilla ice cream. Like we're like you just see like, <laughs> you know go to work like traditional professionals, like uh-huh. you know. But connecting with people and like finding that commonality, it is challenging when you are in so many different like uh, communities. Like when you're uh-huh. in a professional community, you're also black, which means yes. that there's probably a very small population there. Uh, you're yeah. uh, gay and you're or you're you know a lesbian you're a masculine presented lesbian um, that's not like uh, that doesn't want to be a man so that's a whole other yeah. you know it, and then also with the, all the fact of people still just seeing you as like a woman a woman absolutely such. so listen my hat goes <laughs> on because <laughs> I know for a fact that it ain't easy. And just yeah. it's just not easy in general of finding where you fit in in that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think even for people learning how to connect with you, right? Because because of, you know, preconceived notions about what a certain thing means, exactly. right? It's like, yes. you see me and you're like, you probably wouldn't imagine that like, I'm the one who cleans. I'm the one who's like <laughs> organizing the bills. I'm the one who like is taking care of like pretty much, you know, household things. You'd look at me and think like, oh, you know, she's she's a breadwinner. She's like, you know, doing this and that. And I, and I do, you know, we 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 don't we definitely carry our weight in that way. But like mm-hmm. there's just all these preconceived notions. It's like, well, actually, I like to watch housewives. I like to do these things. I like to, you know, all, all this yeah, other stuff. Is- and I'm a firm believer in finding your own spectrum of what your own masculine Absolutely. side and your own masculine femininity is and having a partner that embraces both sides. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is also another um, challenge in terms of how people are able to connect and make uh, long-term relationships because even, you know, as you grow, mm-hmm. even if you weren't um, queer or going through like a, a what I would say significant changes um, you do change right yeah, so everybody you know, presentation yeah. presentation changing and all these different things so anyway um, it, it's it's definitely something I identify with and I think um, should be you know a, a deeper conversation just in terms of the platform in general so I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that note because I think that that'd be a good conversation oh, so thank you for that <laughs> sorry I get, I, I'm a cancer no, so that's I good get, that's I good get, yeah so. yeah that's good I like that because it's um it just uh it, it's it's important you know it, it's definitely it's definitely important um but back to you um your coming out story so how was the process of coming out to, you know, whether it was family, friends or. Um, it was my dad. So um, I've, I always say, you know, I was very lucky to where I have two other gay cousins. Um, I have one who's 12 years older than me. Thank God for the gay cousins. I have, right, right. <laughs> and I have one who's two years younger than me. And it's so funny because I live in LA. My older cousin, he lives in New York. And my younger cousin lives in Atlanta. So we the only all. three places. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Got it all covered. <laughs> um, but you know, so like my family, you know, my family, there was just always gay people around in my family. I think with my dad, so my dad raised me. My dad always kind of knew, but he um when I was like 14, he did ask me. And I think I just wasn't ready because at the time I was still messing around with girls and I was still figuring it out. So I told him no. Um, but then I was by I was like 16 and I had messed around a guy already 
And I think I was on the internet and I was just, you know, browsing. No, it's the internet, it's 2002. So I'm on the internet. And um, I think I looked for like black gay guys or something like that. I can't remember. And then my, like a genius, I didn't delete the history. So my aunt gets on the internet and she always checks the history of all the kids or what they were going on. She checked the history. She knew I was on because I had been, I was on the computer for like forever, like that whole night. And then, so she called my dad. My dad um, came over. He like asked me what was going on. So I told him, I was like, I might be bi. I was like, I think I'm bisexual. Um, He, you know, we had our problems where he was just like, you know, he, had a hard time accepting it. Um, I think once I got out of his house and it got to the point of where, you know, you're no longer supporting me, so I am free to do whatever I want, but, you know, I do love you. Do you want a relationship? And I think his want to have a relationship with his son always superseded how he wanted his son's life to go. Um, for his own personal reasons. And I think he already knew, you know, I would just always been a very independent type of person. I was going to do what I was going to do. So that was kind of my coming out story. It was just basically, I came out when I was 16, you know, which is relatively early, but I felt like at the time, uh, because I talk about this with my cousin all the time, my cousin who's uh, 12 years older, because he's a whole generation older. So, you know, he always says, you know, your generation was the time when people started coming out at, you know, a relatively young age, like, you know, in their adolescence. It was like, in my generation, that wasn't the case. Like people didn't, he was like, he didn't like come out or actually start actually acting on those feelings until he was like 23, 24. Um, Yeah, for me, it was like 16. Like, and then by 17, I knew. Like, I remember my dad asked me when I was 16, and I was like, oh, I might be by 17. I was like, yeah, I'm gay. And I even <laughs> told him, I was like, you know, um, I don't know what kind of, I was just like, don't think, because you know, with Black fathers, they're like, well, you just make sure you're, you're a man when you come in here. And I, and I was just like, I mean, don't think that I'm going to change because I've seen that spectrum and there's nothing wrong with that spectrum. There were people like that were feminine that helped me become as confident in myself as who I am. But I did know that, oh, I just wasn't that, you know? And it wasn't, and it wasn't, it wasn't that, you know, I just didn't skew more feminine than masculine. I'm not sitting here saying I'm this big old like, you know, but it's just like, I just knew I wasn't what he had pegged in his mind as a gay man to be. Exactly. Yeah. The imagery that he had about what that would mean yes. wasn't you. Um, yeah. So you showed him a different a different uh, side. I always I always tell this story about um, going to uh, I was Christmas shopping with my aunt and uh-huh. um, she's like 50s. Um, and she was like, we're sitting in like, you know, they have the little McDonald's in the Walmarts. This is uh-huh. like 15. What up? It's your host, Ashley, and I'm interrupting this podcast to ask, are you following us? Have you downloaded the podcast? Are you subscribed to us on YouTube? If you're not already, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on all platforms, Queerly Black. I'm going to let y'all get back to the show. Peace. Years ago. And uh, she was like, you know, you're so normal. I was like, what does that even mean? Right. Right. (laughs) But it's because of the same thing, right? Like she has in her mind what it means like if you say you're gay it's like 
this, you know, these images that they seen on TV, you know, in the yeah. 90s, 80s, like what it looked like, you know, it was always like the person, the outcast in the neighborhood or the kid that got picked on at school that yeah, you know, someone the, who was just a ham, very flamboyant, yeah. very out there, very yeah. much like Pr promiscuous you know. and just, you know, all yeah. these labels and it and just to see something different was like, oh, okay, like you're you're totally normal. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, you know, we all don't come in one package. Right. <laughs> I'm in one package. Like. Right. <laughs> um, so how did your, um, the way you express yourself and um, coming into who you are evolve as you became a dancer? So going to Alvin Ailey, you know, your experience um, in New York um, and just kind of through that whole journey. Well, um, you know, I was... Uh, originally so my dad's from New York so I grew up being in New York all the time I just um you know I lived in DC but I was like New York was nothing to go for me but I think being there in my formative years just taught me so much about life and then really being there and really experiencing as a gay man one you know that's where Stonewall is so you have so much history. I always loved sitting back. You know, I would go to Christopher Street and I would see like kids Vogue and um, we would go on the pier and there would always be like some older gay man that's just like talking about how things were back in the 60s and 70s. And I always got fascinated by that. You know, just seeing how like you had to get along because life is about survival. Had you, how you had to basically survive and, you know, that idea of passing in order to survive. And, you know, and this was not as much mainstream as it is today, but it was like, no, like, you know, you didn't let people know. That was, that was like the dangerous, that was the most dangerous thing you could do for your career, for your life, your family life, or anything, even where you stayed at. If somebody found out that you were gay, you know, they were trying to get you evicted. So, um, I was always very fascinated by that. Uh, I think it helped me to take pride in the type of people that I came from. Um, just like, you know, how with my grandfather, so my grandfather was a freedom writer for the civil rights movement. And he worked with Martin Luther King, just like how with you know, seeing my grandfather and hearing his stories helped me take pride in being a black man. A lot of those stories that I would hear from those gay men to have me take pride in being a gay man. So I had a lot of pride in myself and for who I was very early on. Um, yeah, so I definitely say that um, that definitely shaped me. And then also uh, when I was there, my older cousin kind of took me under his wing and him being a about like, he's 12 years older than me, you know, having already experience and gotten his hand on the lifestyle and just kind of his outlook on things and we we have different outlooks on things but just him having having someone there with that guidance of knowing exactly what you've been through or what you're going through and it gives you one it's a great cushion because you don't feel like you're in this alone and you know I feel like I feel so bad for so many people who had to kind of just figure it out figure out gay life you just figure it out figure out gay life and how to be happy in gay life um I felt like 
yes, a lot was me figuring it out, but I was blessed enough to have a lot of older gay men as mentors to help me to, you know, help guide me along. And I take a little bit of what their advice is, a little bit of what this advice is, a little bit of what that advice is and say, okay, like, oh, I like how you did this. I want to do it like that. Oh, mm, yeah, I don't like how you did that. Like, and that's probably the reason why this happened. So like, yeah, like, you know, it's just really taking bits and pieces and allowing myself to kind of create what I wanted myself to be to where I'm happy with what I look at when I see in the mirror. Yeah, absolutely. No, that, that, that's, that's amazing. Um, I think you touch on like allyship and like having people um, and like you, you obviously were, you know, you're blessed with your cousin and stuff like that, but you recognize the impact that that had on your own journey. Right. And um, you know, it, it's just super uh, important for people to find that, you know, whether it's, yeah. you know, your family and, um, or friends or, you know, just finding community to, to feel that comfort and to get that, you know, somewhere because it, it does make it easier. Yeah, without a doubt. And I do feel like a lot of times I was telling, uh, I was talking about this to my boyfriend where, you know, because being gay, you know yes you're always going to have your family there and your family's always going to be helping you guide you along or help you out you know but being gay a lot of times no one else can understand that because a lot of people don't have gay relatives so they can help you along and you can be a vessel for them to talk to but they're not going to really get it and that's where you tend to have you know your gay family you always have your gay family Absolutely. Your gay, you know I feel like the gay you know just um the gay community is the pioneers of having friends like family mm -hmm. because for so long if you were gay you know they were shut out by their own their birth family so you had to create a family and a community within yourself um and with that community, you have people that have been through exactly what you're going through that can help you guide you along. I just was lucky enough to have someone who was also in my family to kind of be like, give me like a playbook of like, okay, this is how you go through things. Yeah, awesome. So uh, talk about your experience at uh, Alvin Ailey, uh, just, you know, becoming a dancer and, um, you know, a professional dancer and, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> going, um, going to that school in general oh going to the school was absolutely amazing uh wonderful teachers um you are just constantly surrounded by so much talent from all over the country and everyone's hungry everyone's hungry to make their impact on the world you know so much art um i love the fact that you know people are just hungry to create and it it gives you that sense of wanting to create, wanting to figure out what is your imprint on the world, um, you know, how to put your own personal experiences or your own personal feelings into art um, through dance or through wherever. You know, I feel like that is, art is what makes the world go round because a lot of times where you have your non-artist non people or your, um, sometimes they need a vessel to be like, hey, I don't know how I feel right now or I know I'm feeling something and I need to like, what is exactly like, like what is exactly how I feel? 
And then you find that in music, you find that in art, you find that in dance, you know? And I like being able to put that um, into, I think Ailey taught me how to put that into, you know, a sense and give that back to the people so that they do have a vessel to where they can say, you know what, this is what I was feeling and I never knew what I was feeling until I saw this. Yeah, New York or LA? Oh, yikes. <laughs> um, you know, I can't pick. I, I can't pick. Um, <laughs> only because New York is always going to be like, that's my home. That's my base. My All of my dad's side of the family's from there. Like, you know, my sister's all there. Um, I can honestly say I can't really pick but LA is my home where I created my life for myself it's where I met my boyfriend where I fell in love uh for the first time um where I really felt like I was getting a handle on like my career what I wanted to be the impact I had on my um on the world or the imprint I wanted to make on my life in my life I can't really pick. <laughs> they, both, they're both special so, they're both so, Yeah, they both they both hold two very special things yeah. in their heart. Um, yeah, I can't I can't really pick. I mean, I do definitely feel like a lot of times I miss New York. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, I just miss running around, you know, being with my family, because I don't have any family in LA. So yeah, I think that's yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I got you. I got you. Um so you talk about your, your boyfriend. So um, how'd you meet? <laughs> um, we met on Grinder. Oh. <laughs> nice. Um, See, guys, it works. <laughs> it does. It does. It does. Um, you know, it's so funny because when before I met him, um, I hadn't been in a relationship for like two years, and I was a okay with just being alone because I kind of had no I'm not gonna lie you know I was doing my thing I had like my little roster of people who I would like you know I hang out with or whatever um I had my close friends and what up it's your host Ashley and I'm interrupting this podcast to ask are you following us have you downloaded the podcast are you subscribed to us on YouTube if you're not already go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel Follow us on all platforms, Queerly Black. I'm going to let y'all get back to the show. Peace. That was like my LA family. And I was just out here. I had my like I had my career and I was figuring things out with that. I was like, I what I need, I'm kind of getting. Um, so it has to be somebody very, very special to kind of mess all that up. And then he comes. <laughs> so... Um, and I don't know, I guess, I don't know, but yeah, we met on Grinder. We get back to the story. We met on Grinder. We talked for like two months and it was just really just like small talk or whatever. Uh, he had just come back from Atlanta. Then one night, I remember I just gotten off of work um, and it was in October and I was just, I set myself up. I was like, I'm gonna watch Nightmare on Elm Street because during like Halloween, I love like all the 80s slasher movies. So I was like, I'm gonna watch Nightmare on Elm Street, get my popcorn, I got my all my like, all my snacks, I'm gonna be good. Mm-hmm. He hits me up on Grinder, and I'm just like, we're talking for a little bit. And then he just said he had death in the family. And I remember thinking, and I was like, hey, you know, I know we haven't really met, um, but it seems like, you know, you 
shouldn't be alone tonight. I was like, listen, I got some cheap whiskey and I got some good conversation. You are welcome to come over. Um, and he was like, you know what? I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take you up on that offer. So he came over, didn't leave for a whole day, <laughs> which is very, very weird for me because I get I get very annoyed with people in my personal space after mm. probably about like an hour. <laughs> I'm like, You're oh, like, this is different. This is yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm actually not tired of you. You aren't getting on my nerves. Um, so yeah, it just kind of clicked and it felt right. And I always tell him, I was like, you know, you felt like home. You you felt like home. Like, you know, I could just be crazy with you. I could be vulnerable with you. I could tell you all my dreams. Um, I feel supported. Um, but yeah, you know, um, you know, even me thinking about it now, you know, he's really, really a great guy, you know. And How long have you guys been together? October 13th makes three years. Nice. So yeah. uh, you, how, and how long have you been in LA? I've been in LA March 3rd of this year makes six years. Nice. So life dating before uh, your boyfriend now. I didn't really date. Yeah, <laughs> well, okay. I, had, I, I had a boyfriend when I first moved here and that was kind of like tumultuous. It was just like, I shouldn't have been in a relationship in the first place. <laughs> so like, I, I really was very uh, adamant. Like I was just like, I don't want to date. I don't want to mm -hmm. date. And I was kind of okay with being by myself for the rest of my life. And I know that sound it's, it's not as morbid as it sounds and not as like melancholy as it sounds. Mm -hmm. I was just okay with where my life was, where like my friends was, if I needed any type of love or reassurance, I got that from whoever I was entangled with or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I really wasn't looking for a relationship. Plus like, you know, I just had certain views on things where I felt like, most of the people who wanted a relationship, they would have been like, oh yeah, nah. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm like really cut out to be in a relationship. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I was and where, how I was dating, where it was just like, I mean, I really just wasn't dating. It was just like, you know, yeah. I was out having fun. <laughs> yeah, how, um, uh what does vulnerability look like for, um, I won't, I won't ask you about all black gay men, but for you in particular, um, because one of the things that, uh, about L LA and other areas, but I hear a lot about like, um, you know, people in the queer community dating and it's always like super challenging. And it's like, you know, I don't know the narratives, like the few things are like, no one wants anything real, you know, there's, a few things right so how do you break past the point of like everyone says they want a relationship but do you really want a relationship so this is what I always say and I always say I don't give advice um because how I view relationships and how I view how I want to be loved and how I want to grow with somebody and how I want to love is something completely different how somebody else has set up. Right. Um, so that's a lot of times why I don't give relationship advice. But the one thing I will say in relationship advice, you will never have to question when somebody is in love with you and when somebody wants to build a life with you. It will never be a question. You will, they, won't never, they won't have to say it. 
they'll just show it. They'll show it with their energy. And even if they do say it, they'll say it, but they'll also show it. And I always say, you don't pay attention to someone's words because they can say whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Don't pay attention to someone's actions because they can do something to, to get something from you. You pay attention to their patterns mm-hmm. and patterns. And you look at, because your patterns, you always go back to your patterns. You always go back to, and your patterns really show where your energy wants to lie. Mm-hmm. And I always, you know, one thing I always looked at my boyfriend's patterns and how he constantly showed, you know, that in me, the energy that he wanted to spend time with me, that he wanted me to be around, that he wanted to incorporate um, me in his life. And, you know, and I reciprocated that because I wanted him in my life just as much. And that was the first time for me allowing myself to do that because you know you always hear about people falling in love and I always felt like in my last my past like love life it was always either it was right place wrong time or you know I was more into the person than they were into me or they were more into me than I was into them and this one I was like I really feel like I am into him and he is into me and wow this is a wonderful feeling um, but when you go back to vulnerability, cause I can sit back and be into you and you can sit back and be into me, but if we're not, if things aren't checking out, they're not checking out. And that's yeah. what's required to make a relationship and make a life together. And I feel like vulnerability is showing the multiple sides of you. Cause everybody's, um, everybody's multi-layered, you yeah. know, you're not just one side. So, you know, I feel like with my I was allowed to be vulnerability, vulnerable with my boyfriend. And I was also allowed to just sit back and say views that unpopular opinions or mm-hmm. views of what I think on relationships and views on, and we can disagree. And there are things that we still disagree about, mm-hmm. but it's like my disagreement from that is not a deal breaker for me wanting to build a life with you because everything else, there's so many other things that check out. Um, and, you know, he's just someone that I really just fully love and I respect. And I really just want the best for him because I feel like he's a good person and not a lot of good people get other good people, really want, generally want, we could come across good people that generally want them to have the best and happiest life that they have possible. And I do generally want that for him. And I want to generally give that to him in the best way that I can and I feel like that is reciprocated yes that's awesome or you know good people who haven't been um treated poorly and so now they're a little bit their views on life have been skewed and so then you got you know the damage control situation um no that's awesome I I think um after being being in the same relationship for 14 years I think you got it uh on You got listen, it. You, you got you it. Don't get it. I don't know. How, who listen, okay. It? Patterns are everything. You know, trust yeah. and uh, I think all that. I I agree wholeheartedly. But I, I definitely um I love you know you you guys' relationship and I and I look forward to you know continuing to see you guys grow and blossom and be beautiful. Thank I love you. it. Thank you. That yeah. means a lot to me. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So uh, talk about upcoming projects. Like what you got going on? Anything you can share? Um, I have nothing that I can share now. I feel like I just did everything. <laughs> the projects that I did, that's the funny thing about dance. Like, I won't know about like, I'm doing certain things. And so like, sometimes two or three days, like 
before then. Yeah, two or three days beforehand. And it's like, all right, you booked it. Rehearsal tomorrow, 8 a.m. <laughs> and you're like, mind you, they're like letting me know at like 11 a.m., um, 11 p.m. the night before. Like I've literally had things like that. Um, but no, I mean, just recently, you know, I just danced with Lil' Kim for the WeHo Pride Festival. Um, I was just on the Late Late Show with uh, James Corden. Um, I did Super Bowl. This is actually my second Super Bowl this past year um, with Kendrick Lamar. Um, and I also did the one prior to, last, prior to this year for the weekend. Um, I am currently working on another dance visual uh, about a subject. I just, I don't really want to talk about this, but it's a very sensitive subject, but I feel like it's a subject that needs to be talked about and also needs to be, I've never seen it interpreted through dance and in the way that I want to interpret it. Uh, and it's something that, well, I already was thinking about it, but then I had lost a friend in May and it really, to like, which was to the subject that I was already covering. So it really made me like, really want to delve deep into like what I was doing and give this, give an extra depth to the video that I'm creating. The only thing is I need money for it. So now I'm saving up money for it. Okay. <laughs> so once I have the money for it, then it'll be greenlit and I'll be able to share it with the world. So I'm really excited about that. That's awesome, man. That's incredible. And uh, so, so uh, you got to share your diet. Um, you, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know my diet. <laughs> yeah. Are you are you one of those uh, those blessed people with a good metabolism? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, God, guys. <laughs> my, so my boyfriend, he's a culinary producer and he's a chef. Oh, nice. Uh, so he always says he was like, if I didn't get you to gain weight in the pandemic, I don't know how, because all we were doing were eating and drinking in the pandemic and so and he and he gets these ideas and he's like oh I want to do this with this and I'm like oh that's great listen here I'll pay for the groceries I will pay for the groceries he would go downstairs <laughs> and he would go in the kitchen and he would like go upstairs watch a movie or something I would come down three like like three hours later and it would just be this beautiful meal like and we did this daily because we didn't have anything else to do yeah and yeah like and even now he'll just like cook for me because he knows I love lamb and he'll just be like I think I'm gonna do lamb burgers and I'll just get excited like, yes. <laughs> I'm like yes yes go with that feeling um yeah you know um and he's made so many you know career things he's done so many amazing things I'm so incredibly proud of him and his journey um but yeah you know I he cooks we are starting um he's starting to do more vegan what up it's your host, Ashley, and I'm interrupting this podcast to ask, are you following us? Have you downloaded the podcast? Are you subscribed to us on YouTube? If you're not already, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on all platforms, Queerly Black. I'm going to let y'all get back to the show. Peace. Vegan stuff, because the client that he's on right now is a vegan. So I'm excited to start trying more vegan things. I don't think I'm ever going to <laughs> I love trying food like we yeah. both love food and we love trying new restaurants and things like that like I do not mind spending $250 or for a good meal, meal. Mm -hmm. yeah like yeah. I'm that person I will go to a nice restaurant I will eat enjoy and enjoy myself as a good meal 
Yeah, we'll have to go. We'll have to make that happen. Me, you, me and my wife. Oh, absolutely. Listen, go. I was just, I was going to send you this email right after. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> we got we to gotta, we gotta connect. Um, That's great, man. So, um, okay, two more questions. Yeah. If you had a theme song for your life, what would it be? Ooh, a theme song for my life. Uh, and I meant to send you this. Mind you, I'm, and I'm a huge, I'm a huge music person. So I'm just like trying to think of like, what is the main song? You know what? Um, I would probably say my theme song for my life would probably be uh, Be Happy by Mary J. Blige. Mm. So, yeah, that's all I really want. That's really all I want, like, in my I life. Really want that makes sense, oh, too. You kind of... <laughs> yeah, like, that's, like, that's... Really, that's yeah. all I really want. If somebody, like, and be surrounded by people that just make me happy, you yeah. know, and hope that I can do the same and be a vessel of happiness for them as well. Um, that's really it. <laughs> MJ, MJB's a vibe, man. She, she's she a vibe. It's funny because, um, you know, you've, you've spent a lot of time in New York and I'm, I'm originally from New Jersey, right? So, oh, Jersey? you know, you know uh, the, the East Coast vibe is just, it's, it's, it's different. The swag it, is, it is different. It is. It is. The it is whole so, swag is different. Right. It's so funny. So like, um, so Mary went right before Kendrick when we were doing the Super Bowl. So yeah. we would be in rehearsals, and you know, Mary is like, we're getting in our cardboard boxes, and Mary bopping right before she starts her set. Yo, I was like, it's just such a, it was just such a. And vibe. then Fifty Cent, listen to me. When yeah. Fifty Cent came down off that thing, I like the lost my damn mind. <laughs> I was like, Fifty, like yeah. what? Like, like actually, almost like spilled the beans. I think like the day before, there was like something like they they were like, oh, Fifty Cent's the surprise artist, and you know they sent it to whoever, and you know that Super Bowl team is serious. They got yeah, it. They ain't they playing around. Yeah, yeah, that show makes a lot. That Super Bowl makes a lot of money. They ain't playing around. Yeah, I love Fifty Cent. Like that's my guy. Like. Man, I was I like the lost my, my mind. My aunt, um, my aunt's actually good friends with him, uh, because he's from Southside Jamaica, Queens, which mm -hmm. a lot of my family live. Um, and actually, my two sisters live there as well. So, but yeah, uh, she was like, yeah, I've known Curtis since like forever. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah. she like, it's so funny because he be commenting on her. Um, yeah, he's her like, post on Instagram. I'm like, is that fifty cent? She's like, oh, that ain't nothing. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that's Curtis Jackson. Like, right, that's... right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. like... I saw him in the airport. I was coming home from um, Jersey. This was in March this year. And, uh -huh. you know, uh, like, I have clear. So, like, I'm in, like, the clear line. But then, so I need to invest through. in that. My boyfriend just told me. He was like, yeah, you need, you need yeah. yeah. I don't know if y'all have Amex or not, but you get it for free through, um, like, with Amex, you get, like, the membership. So, if you have it, oh, okay. that's just another way you could, you know, get it. You probably, like, some of the other ones, they they give it to you, too. But, um, oh, okay. so, I'm standing there, like, doing my uh, thing. And um, I, I met him, actually, a few times. Like, I've, you know, like, he, when his book came out, 50th Laws mm -hmm. of Power, he came to Howard, and he signed my book. And, like, you oh, know, yeah. I met him there. And, um, you know, seen him a couple other times, seen him in Vegas, like, um, but when he every single time is like, yo, that's like 50. He comes in and he's like walking past with his, yeah. it was just him and one other guy. He didn't have like a whole posse with him or nothing like that. Super cool, like, you know, gentleman, nice, talk to the people, like just a cool dude. Like, I just I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. You know, I love this guy. Like, I don't know. Them, them posts be questionable, but I haven't learned that. But that's his trolling. A lot of my friends told me that I was like, oh, I just post the troll. 
And I was like, okay. Because, you know, yeah. I'm like, what are you yeah. talking about? Like, one of my friends, I remember really like, he said some post and then I was, and we went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I was really to the point where well, that I was, makes sense because you're a cancer. So like, yeah, like yeah. what you say, like, yes. what you yeah, said, yeah. like no, yeah. you don't know whose feelings you're hurting. My with sister's like, a cancer. So I know <laughs> that is <yeah>. very like, <laughs> and, then, and then like, you know, I saw him out and I really like, I saw him out and I like avoided him. And he was like, so you are, you're really not talking to me about that. It was like, you know, I just talk shit to talk shit. And I was like, Really? That's it? I was like, oh. And I was like, oh, What's I guess. the meaning behind that? What is what's right. the purpose Listen, of this? I, I got it. Because if it's like, oh, you don't mean any harm, because yeah. I just hate it. I don't like ill-willed people. So I was, I was like, if you don't really have any ill will, and I get it. It's like some people just, they're bored, so they just want to troll and talk shit and just to get a reaction out of people. And he's an Aries, so they love that. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. Right, it, like, oh, it makes sense. All right. Now you're like, I don't even care about anything. Yeah, I was like, I'll forgive you if you buy me a drink. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, final question. Um, uh, if you have advice for someone who is going through their own career journey, what would it be? Career journey? Uh, the, their queer journey. Oh, queer journey. Um, I will say this. It's a quote that I actually have on my uh, Instagram profile. And it's a quote that I live by. Control your narrative. No one can label you but you. Um, you know, I feel like so many people, they feel like, oh, well, they did this in their past or this come in, especially in the days of social media. Well, social media will not let you forget your past. Um, you always have to be very committed to your present and where you want your future to go. And then all they're ever going to have is just what you did in the past. You know, um, so I will always say, just control your narrative. No one can ever label you but you. Yeah, absolutely. That's great advice, man. Uh, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. <laughs> uh, my Instagram name is Grimchim, G-R-I-M-C-H-I-M. It is all one let word word i was about to say letter yeah. but yeah uh that's pretty much it <laughs> awesome man well thank you so much for coming through we look forward thank to having seeing me. you continue to dance and um you know just keep keep living keep loving um which y'all already know man it's another episode of the queerly black show i'm your host ashley i'll catch y'all on the next one bye